Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. On the line with us, I mean, yesterday was primary days. What the heck is debate, going debate, on? We're going to have uh, people from all over the country calling in. Uh, who do we have now? We have Pulitzer Prize winning writer Michael Goodwin of the New York Post. Welcome back to Cats at Night, Michael Goodwin. Thank you very much, guys. Well, Michael, it's, uh, it's Richard Weinberg. I, yeah. I thought there was some debate last night. What did you think? What was your take on it? I think that uh, they were both pretty amped up in their own way. I thought Zeldin was, uh, I would have recommended, you know, maybe one cup of uh, decaf there at some point. But, uh, and I think Hochul seemed a little jittery herself, uh, almost uh, shy. I mean, she's a, she's a funny personality for a public figure. I mean, she doesn't really project. Um, she doesn't answer things clearly. There's a there's an assurance. She assures you that she's honest and she assures you that things are going to work out and they're working on it and they're going to pass this. and They're going to get some things done. But she never is specific and it's never clear. And Zeldin is clear. He's clear as a bell about what he says, what he what he's running on. And so I thought he really took the fight to her. And, you know, because of the long ago, Rick Lazio and uh, Hillary Clinton, you know, men have to be careful on the stage with a, with a female opponent. And you remember Lazio sort of crossed over. And I was watching that with some other journalists. And I thought, eh, probably doesn't work. But one of my colleagues, the late Lars Eric Nelson, said, he's dead. That's fatal. And he turned out to be right. Uh, that kind of created a, a line, and I think Zeldin went up to that line. I mean, he didn't smile. He could have smiled once or twice. It wouldn't have hurt him. But I, he was on his game. He came, he came loaded for bear, and he stuck to the issues. And I thought he, I thought he handled himself uh, very well overall. I mean, I think that you know some of the questions, uh, you know, speak to his potential weakness in New York, abortion, Donald Trump, etc. I thought he gave about as good of answers as you could practically give in that environment. I thought the moderators did a very nice job. I mean, they kept it moving. They were fair and I thought they were balanced in, in, in challenging each of them on some of their weaknesses. Um, so overall, I thought it was a good debate, a very good debate for Zeldin. And I think uh, Hoko was just glad it was over. And now we know why she didn't do more than one. Michael, this is Pete King. Where do you see this race going? I mean, it seems to be getting closer and closer. Uh, from my experience in politics, that usually means that the challenger could well win if, the, if it's going his way. But again, how do you see it? Well, um, I, I have felt all along it's a it's a winnable race, and when you look at the pattern of the polls in this last uh, month or so, I mean each one seems to put him closer and closer until you had the one that had them in a dead heat. Um, I don't know how many of these polls are accurate. I mean, one of the the touchstone numbers for me is what is Zeldin doing in New York City. And what are his numbers? And they've been all over the place from 22, I think, to 36 or 37. So it's really hard to get a handle on that portion of the vote, which is so important to him. I also wonder, you know, normally, Pete, the Republican does well in the suburbs and upstate. I wonder if Hochul coming from upstate uh, will will throw some of that uh, vote to the Democrats and whether that would affect any of the congressional races. 
Uh, Zeldin told me he thought Republicans could win anywhere from 11 to 13, 13 being half of the 26 uh, congressional seats up for grabs. Uh, Right now, I think Republicans have seven. So a pickup of four to six would be gigantic. And you would have to assume that would involve large turnout in those races for Zeldin at the top of the ticket as well. So, look, I think he can win. Um, I don't know that last night, because it was such a small audience that, you know, it wasn't really a statewide. It happened seven to eight, uh, only on spectrum. Um, So not every major population center got that. The big one, New York, certainly. And and Spectrum kept it to themselves. They kept it between them and and another uh, radio station that nobody listens to. I forget what it was, WNYC or something? NYWNC. We asked to to broadcast it, and we have a million audience, and they would not let us do it. So that tells me they're rooting for Hochul. Yep. Um, they probably got some pay to play with her, right? Who, who knows? Everybody I don't know. Knows. Governor, so, what I, do you say, Governor? I, about- I wish I'd thought of that pay to play. You know, I, I could have probably gotten something from her, too, if I don't <laughs> have enough money. But everybody seems to have gotten something from her. I mean, she's been really sloppy. I didn't get anything. Yeah, well, John, I don't know. You got to get I didn't more, get a cup of coffee. You got to ask. Did you ask? <laughs> I never ask. You know that. <laughs> Governor Patterson, what was your reaction to the debate? I thought that uh, Congressman Zeldin's opening statement was uh, very, very well done. I really l- like the way he did it. You know, I disagree. I disagree with a lot of things he said, but he had a real presence. But that kind of amped up message in the very beginning, that was who he was through the entire debate. And after a while, it was like the Energizer Bunny. I was hoping he right. would just go away. <laughs> and 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 what but what I what I, what I did like before we get to the the disagreements about the debate is both candidates stopped immediately when they interrupted and the other said you know I, I'm not finished they both stopped when the moderators told them to and they actually did something that didn't happen in the mayor's race last year they shook hands after the debate was over so if there's anything to build on regardless of who wins this election. It's that both candidates, I thought, in that debate displayed a lot of character. I think, in my opinion, as I was watching it, Judge Weinberg, I said to my, I said to myself, she keeps talking about Trump. She keeps talking about abortion. What does this have to do with making this city and this state survive and flourish and prosper? And I think right. Zeldin's messages on that were very strong on the crime, but the people leaving. What, what did the she state, say? She said something. Uh, she uh, said, "I don't know why it, that's so important me, to you regarding why, crime. Why crime is so important? That's to what us? she said. Well, the, the specifics, as I recall, was that." He, he he kept saying she never talks about locking anybody up. Correct. She would talk about, you know, uh, police and all that. He said, but she never at the end says we're going to put handcuffs on people. We're going to lock them up. And that's when she said, why is that so important to you? And I think, you know, it was it was clumsy of her to kind of blunder into it. I don't know that it was the mistake of the decade, but I, I think it does 
fit into a larger pattern. And this, I'd, I'd like to get y- your opinion on this. Uh, now, Michael, you. L- uh, l- 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 hold on one sec. Uh, and that is this, the idea that this is a change election. This is a very big change election. She did not come prepared to talk about change. She was more a defender of the status quo. He, of course, is all about change. Isn't that an inherent advantage just given the climate? Governor Patterson? I didn't know he was asking me. Yes, Uh, go ahead. uh, I thought that she defended uh, the actions that she'd taken over the last year. She mentioned uh, what she was able to accomplish, she felt, in in that period of time. I thought she was, uh, I didn't find her to be jittery. I thought she was actually rather calm when she um, uh, staked out her positions. And I think that, yes, she did uh, take the conversation into areas that... um, you know, you know, beyond uh, governance and, and that kind of thing. But there have been a lot of things talked about pay to play and that kind of thing that have uh, f- fit into that. But I actually thought that she staved off a lot of the mystery that seemed to occur and might even be reflected in the polls over the last few weeks. Okay. I, I think the one thing we can all agree on is that Lee Zeldin, he he showed passion you know, you could say he was a little jittery. He was a little Keep overexcited. Keep people safe. He showed passion, whereas she could, to me, she came across as robotic. John, what did you think? Keep our people safe. That's it. What did you think, Judge? I think John Casper, has been saying it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Who do you trust after this election to carry the ball forward to protect us? And the point is, Hochul didn't give that vibe off. Zeldin certainly did. Well, that's what I that's what I mean in terms of the status quo. I mean, if you look at all the all the the, the, the big case that Zeldin has made against New York, that that I've made against New York, that the New York Post has made about taxes and crime and uh, just the the bureaucracy and the quality of life declining here, um, and she acted as though, in my my view of her, she acted as though these are not. We're working on these things. It's not terrible. We're working on these things. And that's why Zeldin raises, why do we lead the nation in out migration? Why do more people leave New York than any other state? Yep. So, got, I mean, to problem. me, that's what, that's what I mean by change versus the status quo. Is it good enough? It's, I, I, would, I don't think it's good enough. I don't think anybody there thinks it's good enough. But she, I think, gave the impression that she thought it was pretty close to good enough. I, that struck me as, as off. She didn't know what's going on. That's the problem. Michael Goodwin, I got one last question. This is an actual story the Post doesn't have yet. All right. Okay, you know, I'm hosting a dinner party tonight for the uh, Attorney General of, uh, of Hungary, but the Foreign Minister of Hungary uh, was in Washington today, and uh, there's some breaking news. The Hungarian Foreign Minister says... The Ukraine-Russia war would not have happened under Trump. What say Uh, you? Look, I think you can, you know, uh, Putin invaded Georgia in 2008 under Barack Obama, took, what, two provinces, I believe. Uh, He does nothing in the Trump years. Uh, as soon as Biden comes in, he and I'm sorry, in uh, in uh, he, he in 14, right? He went he after Georgia under George Bush. That was Crimea. 14, yeah. And in 14, he went after Crimea under Barack Obama. Nothing under Trump. And then suddenly uh, under Biden. 
Now, I think Afghanistan had a lot to do with it also. I think Biden made a huge mistake. I think Putin saw that. And so I would agree with the Hungarian foreign minister. I mean, we know that he didn't do anything under Trump, and he did an invasion under every other president before and after Trump. So you'd have to conclude there's some there's some reason there. Well, Michael Goodwin, thank you. Uh, you do a great job at the New York Post. And usually you guys have the breaking news. And uh, and thank you for coming on. And uh, God bless you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.